0: Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm here this morning, because as usual,
1: Aiden. How's it going, guys? Arsenal take on Crystal Palace. We discuss Brighton, and as usual, eat the talking points. So, Arsenal coming in against Crystal Palace in Salis- at Salas Park, finally getting some fans back into the game, and what a sound to hear them chanting and everything, even before kickoff starts.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Arsenal also sporting a new wake-it for next season. In the derby. Um, also, a sentimental moment pretty much uh, with Roy Archon saying his farewells to the the crowd. And I mean, his career is, I think we touched on it last week, where his career has like gone full circle at Crystal Palace, started at, at uh, um, Crystal Palace as, as an apprentice. And then, I mean, of course, it didn't work out for him there, but I mean, it comes full circle again in the of his, um, and he ends off his managerial career, roughly, I think, you uh, know, coaching palace at the age of, what, 73. So, I mean, you know, good luck to him for the future. So, you know, back to the match. Um, Arsenal, you know, from first, whistle, they're already in no mood, really, to, you know, toy around and actually look with oh, to play with more intent. Uh, you know, first big chance after uh, two minutes. Callum Chambers crossing the ball, and I think uh, Vincent uh, Goethe, he ends up just bombing the ball away for, I mean, uh, early warning sign for, the sort of
1: onslaught that was to come in the first half. We definitely started to in a tick base, you know, much quicker than most Arsenal games in, the w- in a while, you know, to to kind of just try to set the tempo for the game and just up the tempo like we've always spoken about. But um, I think Arsenal, I think it's something to kind of play for and, and, and you were kind of also, while this game was going on, you are starting to keep your eye on other results because you think, you know, this is a very slim chance of, of getting into Europe, but yeah, like you said, Arsenal with a cross and in showing intent very early on in the game. But you know, I do think that uh, Arsenal should should have been at a, a one man advantage because of the Jeffrey Schlapp challenge on Callum Chambers. I think Pierre Emerick Aubameyang got possibly a red card in a similar situation last season against Palace, and you got to wonder, you know this VAR, is it working in the game or is it not? Because, I mean, it just seems like it, I, I know it may sound crazy, but it's like VAR almost has an agenda against Arsenal because have you ever seen VAR, like really, you know, not that it should count in Arsenal's favour, but, you know, actually make, a uh, lot of the time it's, it's it's you know, I think decisions that get made and it impacts Arsenal, you know, a lot of the time.
0: I mean, as I stick by my point that I made last week, um, I, I still feel sometimes you, you have refs that go from, uh, you know, riffing again to taking over those um, responsibilities. But, I mean, they end up really making real uh, gaps of, of situations because, I mean, I still don't get how he could have stayed on the pe- uh, field if, 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 you know, if, what you were saying, like, if you're sticking now by the letter of the law, you know what? What uh, builds up to that sort of uh, straight red? I mean, he goes not. You can see the ball is a little long played off already, and he comes over the guy's ankle. So it tells you he's only going with intent to uh, to injure the player. And I mean, for him to even like this uh, shrub guy to even try to you know was like act as a tough guy <clears throat> after the fact uh, when you know you could see the, the true intent was there. I mean, the, the play ends up getting away with yellow. And I mean, for me, uh, kind of injustice then, 11th minute. And I mean, it was already, you could see the game was getting a bit spiky as well. The next controversy, because Kieran Tierney and Joel Ward, they end up yeah. having a foot uh, race down the flank. Yeah. Or oh, gets out of play. And I mean, after the ball is out of play, Warden petulantly kicks Tierney. I mean, Tierney, of course, goes somewhat theatrically down. But he yeah. I mean, follow the letter of the law. It's a kick after the fact with no intent of actually winning the ball or whatever, just to, like, down your opponent. So, again, not even really looked at, I mean, overlooked. I I mean, I couldn't believe it myself. When you think of how petty some of the the things that Arsenal players or I mean, anybody else for that matter get. But, I mean, uh, it's moments like that that can also be game-changers in games. Paris, of course, now coming out for the uh, latter part of the the, 17th minute, actually. Uh, you know, getting more into the game, Schlupp then comes in after Gabriel clearance. I mean, I thought he was going to, you know, really let fly. But, I mean, Thomas Partey surprised me. He ends up getting a cooker ahead of uh, Schlupp. And, I mean, he nicks the ball off and, you know, calmly plays the ball out. Then, in the when minute, Benteke blazes a shot over the bar.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was a, should have been a, a yeah. good opportunity for them. I think Arsenal were lucky to to go unscathed. I mean, at 0-0 no, no, at that point, you know, the way we started, it's the same old, same old story of Arsenal not kind of, you know, making their advantage count or their momentum count. Yeah,
0: then the uh, 32nd minute, which I was actually calling or saying to myself was like a minute of madness because Saka goes up the one end, he ends up kind of trying to jump over the advancing keeper. I think his his foot just clips uh, Guetta's shoulder and he ends up, you know, tripping and falling. But uh, again, it's almost like a delayed sort of fall, which I'm not actually a big fan of that side of his game because, I mean, he has a tendency to do that. But, I mean, of course, the ref waves play on the game, you know, immediately gets, you know, a quick tempo palace already up the other end of the pitch. And, I mean, Leno then has to end up palming away a sharp, stinging, sloop shot. So, 34th minute, a great move again by Saka and Tierney. Caesar Scott, got, you know, a rap a uh, whipping across. And, I mean, Pepe almost like out of nowhere goes in. Yeah. Or <laughs> into the net, bundle of Arsenal.
1: But, um, you know, just, just going back to the shut-up shot, I mean, he, just imagine you go one null down in a situation like that. You know, it's, it's silly silly play from Arsenal to mm-hmm. allow that... Um, to happen and, and, and lose concentration like that but I mean the guy should have been sent off and I mean yeah he almost you know, had a pivotal moment in the game and going back to the goal you know what a, a, a back heel from Saka you know you, you just can't um, fault the guy at the moment you, whatever he touches stands to the goal then you just it's good to also have T and e back so you know with those two combining sometimes on that side it's always good to probably get a nice presence in the box you know in the future but you know, Nicola Pepe getting on the score sheet again. And, you know, you, you said when you private messaged me, you know, when you spoke about the game the Thursday, just, you know, to touch base on it, that, you know, Nicola Pepe is finally starting to kind of, I wouldn't say fully repay his with V, but, you know, showing that, yeah. um, you know, he, he can add goals from midfield. And I mean, when you, th- you
0: see the sort of ball, he comes at the end of as a sort of crosses that I would have expected, say, young to get, you know, as a tap-in, or um, maybe one of our, our more, you know, central attacking midfielders do now, you know, darting it. Or actually any midfielder. But <clears throat> that is the side of the game that I think we, we need to, you know, polish up on for the coming season again. Because as moments like that, we, we're lacking goals. You know, I mean, this is the sort of thing that... that or, I mean, how many times haven't we seen early on in the season where the ball gets crossed in and then you're looking for your forward and he's standing on the halfway line or between the halfway line and, and the the penalty box. So yeah. you need that sort of you know that sort of attacking dimension to your game.
1: Yeah, and you can see Nicola Pepe has improved that kind of to his game because remember when we used to complain because when he played on the right hand side, he kind of just stuck to the right hand side, you know, you never saw him come into the centre of the field, he would just kind of, you know, if if things aren't happening for him that side, it's not going to happen for him. But it seems like he's, you know, I don't know, what has changed this change a bit more to his game. Like, he's he's coming more from the centre, adding a bit of dynamic to his game. So, it's good, good, good for him to see that improvement. But it just seemed that after, after Arsenal went one up, they were just happy to sit back, you know, to the, sit back and sit deep for the rest of the half. And, I mean, you know, it, it, it it's a very really dangerous tactic sometimes to go on a march.
0: Yeah, there's a nice match. There was this whole Pentec incident where there was like some challenge that he made on. on I forgot who the player was, man. you can't recall now who it was. But I mean, after the fact, when, when El Nini then comes in to also kind of protect his, his teammate, um, you know, Pentec ends up you know swinging a forearm. And it, I mean, you can actually see a clip. Uh, El Nini on the chin, and I mean, if it's again, if we go down the letter of the law, Pepe got sent off for just pushing his head against Alioski in that uh, Leeds game, and also again, there's other contact moments also where Xhaka putting his Ozaka
1: yes against Burnley,
0: and yet, which I mean, I asked, uh, rightfully that was a red, uh, you know, where putting his hands like that, but the same should have been gone for 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 Ben-Nik and he should have been off as well.
1: Yeah, Arsenal always seem to get... And I don't mean to just say Arsenal, but I mean, because I've watched, you know, majority or all Arsenal games this season, but you you see that it's so unfair that um, this VAR, I mean, you could see clearly two probably blatant, you know, reds in another day, and probably Arsenal would have been on the receiving end of it. But, you know, Palace stay at um, 11 men, luckily... And Arsenal, you know, kind of see see the game through to half time at one up. And I mean, you know, I don't know what Arteta said in the changing room, but uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was the same Arsenal that from this first half that came out in the second half.
0: Yeah, and I mean that is the thing that that also like annoys me. I mean it's gonna it, you know, lead up to also this point I'm making now because like sixty second minute uh, you know we give almost like a cheap free kick on the flank. Townsend ends up swinging the ball into the in the free uh, the penalty area, and I mean you can see all our players are not really alert to it, and it's also like a it's a, it's a shitty thing that's almost like creeping into our game constantly, when especially when we're goal up because we don't, ask, like none of the Arsenal players really pick up any of their runners, because I mean you can actually see with, a, with a, I think with a, you know with the camera pans from the halfway line to the our box. You can actually see who's picking up who and none of them are picking anybody in the like their zonal marking thing. So I mean Benteke ends up just bursting through and I mean he just powers the hit upon Leno, which I mean Leno has no chance, of course, and it's one one.
1: Yeah, Benteke banging in the goal for, for Palace and then Arsenal, you know, after all that domination you would say and all that should um Palace could have possibly been down to at least ten men. You know, they find themselves back in the game and I don't know, Arsenal just felt, I don't know what happened, there's like a switch happened, and Arsenal just felt, looked very erratic, and all over the place, and they started to really battle, and you know, Paris really started growing into the game.
0: And I mean, there was, a, a, I don't know which commentary team you had, but I mean, we had, um, I forgot the main one, but Efna Koko was the co-commentator, and he was saying something that, I mean, it, it was like burnt into my memory, where he said something like, you know, uh, this is what separates a decent team from say a top team, because he said a top team where they having sort of domination, they add on to the goals and he said, yes. oh, so we'll just sit on that that goal, that one goal lead and think, Okay, this is gonna now guide us through, or you know, we're gonna have to weather the storm. You don't have to play like that, like weathering the storm like that. You can also go out and also like put the team to the to the sword and, and you know, finish the game off sooner. Because now it's almost like you like for me. Yeah, I mean, you you weren't uh, really watching Arsenal at that time, like you know, like the early days of, with, with George Graham. And that. But when you see a, a team, like say Arsenal at that time, with a one on lead, you actually knew you could actually go do something, and you can come back and it's still going to stand at, at zero. <laughs> Whereas with this team, you one up, and it's almost like it's a Russian roulette type of football because you don't know. You, <laughs> hang on to it. Are they gonna throw it away with a gaff or something or just lack of concentration? And I don't know how. Look, you've got like somebody that, got that that sort of you know, you kind of radiates a sort of um you know disciplinarian and whatever, but you, when you see the nonsense that keeps on creeping into to the game. Yes. I'm not I look, I'm not gonna blame him now for that. But I mean, if you see players that you are you know you are choosing at the end of the day, and I mean they keep on with certain moments of lack of concentration. Because, look, Thomas is coming to the club from uh, La Liga. And, I mean, look, he has now some survival interceptions. And even that little point at the start mm-hmm. of the podcast where he nicks the ball away from the play. But other than that, he was... Like, even now El was slowing the game down numerous times. And I'm thinking to myself, get this team driving forward because you cannot... Like, it's with Palace. I mean, you know for a fact, though, when did you do one little check back that all nine or ten players are going to just be standing around the the, the you know behind the ball and I mean of course uh, the reason I say nine because normally they just stick pin taking the offer and they tell him look you stay so when we rob them of the ball we're just gonna move the ball up up front for you
1: yeah no mm-hmm. it's it, it it like you said it was really sloppy and I, I think that's why your know, party probably got the hook for for credit Shaka coming on because of that sloppiness in the middle of the park and uh, it's really worrying, you know, I I was a big fan of him, but every time, you know, you, you see him, he's passes, he's shooting and you're like thinking, you know, is is there going to be more to his game coming or, you know, did we kind of make a mistake with, with spending so much on him? not saying that he's a mistake because there has been moments of, of brilliance of of, of the player and, and games where he has dominated the midfield. I wonder if it's just a case of is Arsenal needing a proper defensive midfield partner with him that can actually, you know, boss a game together with him. But yeah, Arsenal looked very tentative and like you said, it's I don't know, Arteta, you know, is he's a good coach. Like you can see he has good methods to him and, you know, it can work with the right players. But I mean, it's very tentative, A lot that's why we probably don't see us, you know, blasting teams, high scores. As almost like a we have, we're old type of thing, which you know we've seen us numerous times drop points to the smaller teams because of that attitude. Yeah.
0: So I mean fourth minute arsenal, make like the substitution with Saka coming off, Odegaard coming on. Um seventieth minute been taken in again takes Leno. I mean Leno been pulling off a decent save. In um, the 77th minute, there was a stat that popped up on the TV screens. And I mean, for me, it, it kind of sums up what that second half was, because it was like from the start of the second half to the 77th minute, there was not one shot at goal from Arsenal. So what is happening in between? I mean, what are we doing? Are we now just sitting back for the majority at the point that we were now bringing up? Are we not just kind of resting on our laurels and waiting, and waiting for the game to come to us instead of, Taking the
1: initiative and going forward, it, it seems that way. I mean, you know that 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 kind of explains the reason why we've been struggling against. I'm not no disrespecting, them but the so-called smaller teams. You know, the team that you would expect to pick up points against. I mean, we've 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 dropped points against relegation strugglers. I mean, well, relegation. No, got relegated now. Um, as in Fulham. I mean, dropped two points at home against Fulham. We've 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 dropped points to. Burnley, we've dropped points, you know. If you if you add those points together against those teams that we Arsenal need to kind of take the initiative and control the game, mm-hmm. you see that we, we could have probably been chasing the Champions League spot. Yeah. And and it's really warning stat it's like we don't have that, like you said, initiative to take on games and, and, and dominate games. We do very well against the, the, the you know the top six sides, you know, barring Liverpool. But mm-hmm. When the moment the team tries to take control against Arsenal, you know, we, it kind of goes into our favor and we start, you know, playing our game. So, definitely something we need to start learning because teams come to the um to the tour or, or when they even play against us to just, you know, like you said, have play nine behind the ball, one up top, and it seems to be working against us all the time.
0: Yeah. Arsenal is a minute, like, should uh, the eighth uh, minute end up making a double substitution? Martinelli and Xhaka coming on, Thomas Party and Kieran Tierney coming off. I think with Tierney it was more just burnout because I think he also really socks off for the majority of the game. Um, the game that goes into a lull of about 10 minutes where nothing really is happening either way because, you know, both teams kind of looking for that sort of one error to to nick the game. Um, then in the 91st minute of the five minute of injury time, Odegaard then holds his nerve, plays a calm ball to the far post and I mean, I think Palace kind of, you know, also naked, Completely lose their markers. And, I mean, by the time the ball gets floated over, Martin uh, sneaks in, flicks a ball, a ball pass. Goeta. And, I mean, he ends up just bundling the ball into the net. 2-1 Arsenal. Much-needed goal. And, I mean, three points later late on.
1: Yeah, I think it was a much, much-needed goal. I think just to keep... Some sort of, we we'll probably discuss it a bit later. In the hopes uh, of the European football, yeah. somewhat alive, a massive goal and good, good cross by Odegaard as well. There's a, there's a cheeky little clip. I mean, we missed that Kyle and Vanessa kind of on the pitch. I mean, we've been missing it, and um, you know, against against the the backdrop of the stunned silence, actually, you yeah. know, <laughs> Pepe, i like... salt in the wound. You know, by scoring his um, second of the game. Basically, it was the last kick of the game. There's like a, I would say it was a brilliant, solo effort, you know, inside outside, beating um, several challenges and then calmly stroking the ball in the back of the net with his, you know, open side footage to make it three one to Arsenal and like you said, three points to Arsenal and you know, West Ham took the the, the the initiative or not initiative, the charge opportunity away for us to actually go and play in Open League probably next season. But, yeah. um yeah, I mean, 3-1 to Arsenal, hopefully we can probably end up above Spurs or or that... I don't know what your thoughts are the you know, for Conference League, we can touch that after the talking points because we still need to beat Brighton, a team that, you know, seems to be enjoying the Emirates of late. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, ninth versus 13th. Um, I mean, we can actually touch into that, that topic that you actually mentioned right now because so many things have happened the last few weeks if you look at it because... Spurs have lost three out of the last five. Everton have uh won two, lost two and drew one. And I mean the law like with regards to Arsenal. If you add uh, all the games are competitive whether it's in Europe and uh, league the last five have been one four, drew one. So I mean Arsenal are building a sort of head off steam, although I would say it is a bit of nervous headed steam because I don't know. How many games, <laughs> you know, you're kind of waiting for that moment because I mean look, uh, a lot of aims on 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 uh, tomorrow's game because look, all of a sudden the Conference league is up for grabs now you know with, with uh, teams like Everton, Tottenham and us vying for that one slot now and I mean there's, as I said there's many permutations you know going into the game but I mean Arsenal we head into the game with a fully fully fit team that is you know amazing news if you think of yes. certain key points of the season where we're actually losing players or suspended players and, and, and things like that but I mean you look at Brighton again and I mean they they have actually a shocking uh, injury list at the moment because they've got Danny Welbeck out. Uh, Danny, that's uh, proper as well, uh, yeah. And then Feltman is out, who's also been one of the key players this season. And then March, Solly March is out. Lamty is out. And then Maupai is suspended after getting a red, red card after full-time last week. So, I mean, a lot hangs on the game. And, I mean, you do know that, you know, Graham Potter is somebody who's... You know, he's usually, his he size, or the size that he has, they normally, they up for a scrap. And I mean, they like grinding out their points. I mean, whether you top or bottom or mid-table, they are going to come in for fight. So, I mean, Arsenal have been warned going into this game. Because if you look at last season, we were chasing, uh, you know, to get even closer to the Champions League spots. Look how they ended up just grinding us out at the Emirates. Yes. So, you know, warnings are there.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be a, you know, come and get to a three points type of thing. I mean, they did kind of also give uh, Crystal uh, Man City uh, a, good, a good result of being it was a 2-0 down and came to win 3-2 against, against Man City. So, you know, a 10-man Man City, albeit, but it's not going to be an easy game. And I think a lot rise on it compared to a lot of games Arsenal have been playing lately where it was almost like there was nothing on the line and suddenly Arsenal started playing much, much better. But, yeah, I think three points are crucial uh, to kind of, you know, end the season on a high end. You know, maybe also leapfrogging Tottenham for the first time since, what, what season 2015,
0: 2016. Yeah, but I mean, I think for me, two players to really watch, and I mean, they even knows are like, carrying this uh, Brighton team for a good few seasons now. I mean, especially the one, which is uh, Pascal Gross. And I mean, if you look at, at and all that, it's yes,
1: midfield. yes, yes, yes.
0: Now, I mean, he's like a destroyer in midfield. I mean, he's, he's not like, uh, you know, the fancy flicks and tricks, but I mean, he gets in with tackles. I mean, not dirty tackles. He gets in with a tough 50 50s. He's also somebody that, you know, when the, that momentum was building, he's there to break up the play. He reminds me of a lot of um, Kante, you know, some or even Busquets at times. We, they, they, they're they not going to be the fancies on the ball, but, I mean, they are going to break that team down and it kind of, kind of breaks your morale also if you're the attacking side. You're trying to build up a sort of head of steam going forward and every time you're getting, you know, your your pass get intercepted, your your players get pressured into an error or to play the ball back, which, I mean, we are now famous for now. So, <laughs> you know, anything can happen you know, with that. But, I mean, that is actually really my... Mark- all my talking points on, on the regards to the Brighton game. I mean, the only thing I just wanted to add quickly was, I mean, they will miss Mo Pai because I think he is, yes. that, you know, he's so like somebody that gets under your skin like, as a defender and I mean, he's always there, you know, there and there about. I mean, he's always, a, like, I mean, he's a busy forward that you're actually looking for. He reminds me a lot also of, of Danny Ings. I mean, you, you think you can switch over a moment and I mean, by the, ne- the next time he's already, you're just watching his heels as he speeds off that, at your goal.
1: Yeah, I know 100% correct. I mean, he, he's a type of like you always say like a kind of wily character. Yeah. you know, way he, he he's just kind of a nuisance, even though he's done nothing. He you know, doesn't yeah. add a goal. Or it's just he's just there, you know, nibbling at your yes. your yeah. legs or or like you know, like you said, giving yeah. a defender something to oh. think about. So, because, I mean, he will like
0: trying to get under. You. Look at how he got under the scheme of of that ex-Pedrozi and then lost. You yes. Know. We just keeps on, you know, like as you said now,
1: he keeps on nipping and not even doing or, you know, having a word in your ear to really get you uh, riled up. Yeah, and it seems Arsenal players are like, you, you know, we, we, we don't like that type of, you know, we like that protected type of style and everything like that when we play. So, so yeah, I, I think, you know, Arsenal just need to go out there and I think like you said, you just get the job done. You know, and kind of end, end the season off an eye, high. But, yeah, my my one question to you is, you know, where's what's your thoughts on the Europa Conference League? You know, do you want to would you prefer us just, you know, a lot of fans are saying, would like us to just be out of Europe entirely? Or would you like Arsenal, you know, to get in the Europa Conference League, kind of, you know, give some players, you know, youngsters maybe, you know, stretch their legs, get some minutes, you know, some players, you know, we're using that competition to bed them into the Arsenal way and you know, who knows, you know, when uh, and we'll probably be favourites in a competition like that, and who knows? You know, we're in the inaugural Europa Conference League, or do we just prefer, you know, either Europa League, which we won't be able to get now, or nothing.
0: I mean, I'm a little split on it because I mean, I would also like a campaign where, um, you know, where we can actually play without that sort of distraction of the Thursday fixtures. Hmm? Yeah, but, I mean. My thing is also, like, it's almost like you want to play like, devil's advocate. It's like, like, part of you think, okay, yeah, you know, it's a good run out for as you said, youngsters. And, and and I mean, maybe the squad players that really don't get uh, Premier League games that often, you can actually use that tournament to keep them, you know, kind of fit and on their toes. But then on the, on the flip side is like, you think, you know, ending out of, say, the Conference, conference League in, the, say, eighth uh, position. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it forces Sam Kuhnke's hand to either invest or, you know, think, okay, I might as well. This is the opportunity not just to, to, to bail out in the club. So, I mean, you know, that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm really split on this whole thing because, on the one hand, I mean, I want serious investment in the club because you can see the team does lack a lot. I mean, there's, there's players Definitely. that we need to, you know, really clear, you know, clear open space in the squad because, I mean, I don't know else I ever. Uh, you know, a, a too bloated squad. But, I mean, I want people that are, like, competent, that, that can organise and, and and dictate games for us. Like, you know, b- bring some more leaders. Uh, and also, start giving the youngsters also an opportunity that, that show that sort of... Because, look, like, if you're already going to sit on, the, on a sort of... I'm not saying we're going to have, like, a, a skeleton budget, but I'm just saying it could also save you money if you think, OK... Um, you know, we're not gonna say spend much on a on a, on a goalkeeper. We we maybe make someone like Matt Ryan permanent. Then you bring in? You can pump in a bit, maybe extra money in the for the defense. We get somebody more experienced and and way more way more solid than what we actually have. There's actually more responsible as also that captain uh, yeah. captain like leadership. And then also you start bolstering at midfield. We get more mobile players. Number one, number two, they must also have. Goals to the game because that is also where we're really lacking. And also have this sort of creativity up front as well, where you have a, almost like an outright forward that can really start carrying up the heat on on like Obama, Because the more and more you hear, you know, the whispers and that it does look like Arsenal will try to cash in on Lacazette. Because look, he's still at this sort of age now where you can't get anything between 35 and 40 something for him, 40 million for him. So I just think to myself that is now we we you know, as we would say that the wheeling dealing is gonna to have to also take place now. And I think this is also gonna be not only say a big uh, summer for, for some like Ateta, but I think people like Edu must already get the you know the ducks in line now already. Get everything in order now already, because you don't want to be sitting like when the season is commencing already. Or not, uh, I like, say two weeks before the season commences, or your 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 preseason starts, and then you want to start scrambling here and there for players. I think this everything needs to o- organize now. That is why you see a, a team like, um, say, Bayern Munich now, for, for that matter. They've already got roughly this squad set out for next season because they've already got open Meccano, They've already gotten the rid now of Alaba, and, and all I think we can actually see a sort of structure. And I think that that mindset, if you want to be a big team again. We need to start start having that sort of mindset again. Because I mean, when you look also at at, at I mean, look, Barca what near broke over that, that that whole financing of them. But I mean, they already got their their players lined up. I mean, their pie is on the verge of going to them now. They've uh, just about I mean, they just about wrapped up the Aguero deal for two years. So I mean, here they have also not said because I mean, they needed a number nine to take over on yeah. Suarez, Braithwaite was just not cutting it. But that being said, back to Arsenal, I still think. That's gonna be the way through because other than that, then I mean we're gonna be in for another slog if none of that stuff I mentioned now is gonna be, <coughs> excuse me, corrected.
1: No, yeah, hundred percent. I think those things need to be addressed. I mean, we've 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 made the mistake of of signing players too late on. You know, when when the two weeks, three weeks into the season. Or you know, just before the deadline then and, and you don't always get the opportunity to to bond with your squad, chill with your squad and things happen so fast, you go away oh, on international break, you come back, you know, and it's by that time you almost five, six, seven games in, and that already, you know, dictates the season sometimes. But you know, Arsenal just shows, you know, they and you that popped up. I think since Emil Smith Rowe came into into the teams on Boxing Day, Arsenal have have been have gone I think up to second in the you know the title I mean not title in the league since if you look at the results from Boxing Day. So yeah. it just shows, you know, the 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 level of results. How you and I always spoke like, you know, just give us a run of four to five games, you know, of of, of wins or, or, or something like that. Because the teams around us were always giving us opportunities. And I mean if you if you add up the points, Dally, I mean what what is it that we 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 weren't too far behind Liverpool at one stage even, and it's just like the wheels came off, and when it comes off at Arsenal, it just it it comes off badly, man and and I think if we had just beaten, you know, I go back to that Burnley game when we were absolutely dominating them, and we threw one all that's two points, you know, you put us on 60 points, and then you, you, you even, I mean, there were so many games this season where we had in the bag and we just threw points away, I think Europa League could have been something we could have been playing in if we just, you know, put in better performances. But I just, it was few and far between in the first part of the season, and it really yeah. did cost us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So do you have anything else to add before we? No,
1: that's on? that. That's that's all from me.
0: Okay, so guys, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the last Premier League match of the season. Take care, guys. And I just wanted to add before I, you know, uh for next week's uh, podcast when we do the the uh, review of the of the match against brighton we're also going to do a season review as well as our player ratings that we you know we're not going to really discuss between us so we just hear it like on the day where we give our actual factual uh ratings so thank you guys enjoy bye
1: see you everyone enjoy the last game of the season